8 o'clock on a Monday, Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the Morning is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are also brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Kintec Footwear Studio. Uh, Ian McIntyre is going to join us in just a moment here. Uh, Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. It's like the Halford & Bruff podcast, only not as many five-star Google reviews. Uh, find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Finally, a presentation of Grip Auto Entire. He joins us now after a very busy weekend. Connects reporter Ian McIntyre here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, iMac. How are you? I'm very well. My auto and my tires have got a workout. Had a beautiful drive to Penticton for the prospects and a beautiful drive home last night to be here for the Milford tournament today. And, of course, to be well-rested and ready for you guys at 8 a.m. Ah, perfect. It was great. You did a lot of work this week and a short trip up to Penticton, but you got to talk to Bruce Boudreaux. You got to talk to Patrick Alvine. You got to watch some of the prospects. You're out here dropping Ethan Bear nuggets for everybody. My, my <laughs> word. And now you're right back home. You got a radio hit and you got to do the Milford. I guess hockey season's getting close. It is. It is. You know, that is a great event. And I, I uh, kind of threw together a notebook uh, yesterday because it was a travel day so I you know covered the game and then put some put some thoughts down and got and got in the car and one of the thoughts is you know the reason tournaments like this are so good for journalists is because you get you get time with senior people in the organization everybody it's hard to explain uh, the relaxation level of teams here compared to what happens once training camps open, where just ever, there's more stress, there's more tension, there's more demands on everybody's time, there's a lot more media. So maybe the, the people that we want to interview are, are on guard uh, a little more. But it's a great, uh, a great vehicle in which to just sit down and get uh, quality time with people that we're going to be covering all season. Well, let's start with your interview with Patrick Alvin, the general manager. I have to say I loved his answer to what looked like your last question. How much encouragement do you take from going 32, 15, 10, and 10 over the final two-thirds of last season? And he replied, whatever people think of those last 50 games, it wasn't good enough because we didn't make the playoffs. So let's stop talking about it. We need to be better. Uh, the last management group, there were times when they were grasping at straws. Uh, this seems to be different for this management group. Yeah, I, and I think it's, uh, I think that answer, and I, I really thought that was a, a powerful answer by him as well. In fact, in fact, the whole interview, I was really impressed by Patrick because, as you guys know, there ha he has had media scrums uh, since he took over where by the time you go through 10 or 15 minutes of audio, there's actually very little there. Uh, but there, there was a lot. You know, he was, he was very candid. I think uh, that answer is tied to what's going to be an ongoing theme here. And I think we've already, I might have mentioned this last week with you. Uh, and certainly it's going to get talked about a lot this year, uh, where he said earlier in the interview about getting 
players uh, to take ownership. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but, uh, you know, basically it's, you know, you can talk about coaching and other stuff is what he said, but it's basically on the players. And, and he reiterated something that he'd said earlier, I think is when they signed uh, Brock Besser and he didn't avail in on July 1st that uh, uh, it, the players have to sacrifice. They have to, whatever they have to do to win is what is required. And, and that may not be points. So this is a, this is going to be an ongoing theme this year for the Canucks about trying to get their players, especially their young players, their young core players who have done an awful lot of losing to understand it's not about them. And it's only about winning. Yeah. And at the end of the season, if the team is a playoff team, then it will be good enough. I'm going to read the quote because it was really music to my ears. And, and we talk a lot on this show about the high bar that you need to achieve uh, in order to win a Stanley Cup and not, not just make the playoffs or not just come close to making the playoffs. Uh, and his, his, his answer included this. My biggest thing here is to raise the bar. Everybody's talking about the culture, and every day the players have to raise the culture of this team. That was my year-end message. This is not good enough. We need to find a way to get better, and it's on you guys to come prepared and change things. You can talk about coaches and all those outside noises, but it's up to the players to sacrifice and do what it takes. That's yeah. awesome. Like that, that I, I, I feel like in some ways that Patrick Galvin has, st- has studied the market and it was like, this is what I'm going to say. But I actually do think that coming from an organization like Pittsburgh, where they know what the bar is, he, he's looking at the, he looked at the Canucks situation and how they went about their business and said, look, things need to improve. Yeah. I, well, it, when you read that, it sounds to me like he's had beers in Aquavit with Jason Bruff because I think you've been, <laughs> you've been raise the bar, you've raise been the bar for a long time. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's all about, the players taking ownership and and this is what i he didn't tell me this but this is what i think when when you have really good players come into a team that's losing a lot of games and not having success and there's all kinds of problems there's all kinds of criticism you're in a market where literally everyone has an opinion on it and whether you like it or not you can't shield yourself entirely from all those opinions so there's there's a lot going on so if you're a really good young player amid all this turmoil what do you look at you look at well how did i do how many goals did i score how many points did i get uh did i do i did i do my job if and if i played well well i guess that's not my fault the rest and you know to a large extent that's true it's not it's not Ilias Pettersson's fault. It's not Quinn Hughes' fault. But these are your best players. These, these are guys that are put in a position to, to lead the team. And I don't mean just those two, of course. Uh, they're representative. Guys are, are, who are put in positions to lead need to lead the team. And you need to find a way to make it a playoff team. Now, there are... Obviously, as we have seen many times, too many times, there are, are 
rosters that just aren't good enough. And no matter how much your leaders do, like in Chicago, no matter how, no matter how hard they try, yeah. they're, they're not getting to the playoffs this year. Um, so there, there are times where, you know, that theory is great, but it's just not practical. But the Canucks, you know, they should have enough to be a playoff team. So now you have to get uh, these guys who, who have endured a lot of losing and because of that perhaps looked at, you know, their, their own game first. And now you have to get them to understand it's about getting that team across the finish line and playing playoff hockey in the spring. You make a good point about Chicago. It's really hard to build a culture when guys look around the room and go, we're going to suck, right? Yeah. Like it it yeah. is. And, and people can say, well, you're professional athletes. You're paid a lot of money. You know, you, you should be able to build that culture. But it's hard because you sit there and go, well, why should, you know, like, are we really going to sacrifice and, and, and do all this stuff when we really have no chance? But I think the Canucks are at a point right now where the, I hope they look around the room and go, Man, we've got one of the best goalies in the game. We've got a, one of the best young defensemen in the league. We've got uh, a, a guy in Elias Pettersson who who could be uh, one of the one of the best two way centers in the game. JT Miller, Bo Horvat, like look at all these wingers that we have that can score goals. We should be able to win. They should be able to build a culture with this group. Yeah, yeah, and and we know there are flaws there as well, uh, but you know most teams have flaws. And uh, the ones that this team has, and health is always, you know, an underlying factor to all these discussions. But if, if they stay healthy with the group that they have, and you noted the strengths, and, and keep in mind the ages of these players as well. We, we, there's been so much discussion about JT Miller's contract and how old he is. Yeah, you might be old for that contract. He's still only 29 years old. So it's not like, uh, it's not like, uh, the best buy date has passed for these guys. They should, to a large extent, all be getting better as well. So they should be a playoff team, all things considered. We're speaking to Sportsnet's very own Ian McIntyre here on the Halford & Breath Show on Sportsnet 650, a presentation of Grip Auto & Tire, quality service you can trust in 14 locations to serve you. Uh, in the conversation you had with Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreau, Ian, a lot of takeaways here. Uh, one, he likes the idea of keeping the three down the middle at center, Miller, Horvat, and Pedersen. Uh, confirmed to you that they're going to keep Quinn Hughes on the right side of the defense, at least for training camp. And they want to manage the workload of Thatcher Demko. I presume that means not starting him 64 games like he did a year ago. Uh, anything else? Or what was the big takeaway from you? Because you guys did cover a lot of stuff in terms of X's and O's, uh, philosophies, deployment, all the stuff that we're getting more and more excited for as the start of the regular season. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think the the, the three centers uh, thing was interesting to me, you know, because I I had thought that they had such have had such success with the lotto line that we would see that again, but with Miller at center and and Pedersen on the wing. So to me that was to me that was interesting, but it was also um, indicative of of I think a broader point just about Canucks forward depth and that whoever is the third center and, <laughs> and Boudreaux hates, you know, as all coaches do, he hates this one C, two C, three C, but whoever theoretically is the third center 
not only is going to be on the power play, but is is going to be with pretty good wingers because of uh, the upgrade adding uh, Kuzmenko and Mikhaev. My other takeaway, I guess, as far as the makeup of the team, is he, you know, bristles a little bit uh, uh, or quite a bit about this idea that their their defense isn't isn't very good and is a liability uh, because he points out that they were third in goals against in the NHL uh, from the time that he took over. And although a lot of that has to do with Thatcher Demko, of course, it's not all about Thatcher Demko. And the fact that they have one of the best goalies in the league, he's not apologizing for. But he actually thinks his defense is okay. I mean, I'm sure he'd love it to be better, but he he doesn't view it. And and actually, neither does Patrick Alvin, even though Alvin's still trying to upgrade it. Uh, he doesn't view it as this this great Achilles heel for this team. He thinks they're going to be fine defensively. Uh, another rather pointed comment that Patrick Alvin made was about how the Canucks were playing at times last season. And he said, I think it was pretty clear that we were holding on to pucks too long. And he's, I think he's talking about his defensemen. It was not that our zone exits were not on the tape. It was just that we were waiting and waiting and waiting and then finally made a pass. We want to get out of our own end quicker. Uh, what did Bruce Boudreaux say about systems, um, style of play, uh, the comments from management? I, I'm just wondering if we're going to be able to watch the Canucks during preseason or early in the season and be like, hmm, that's different from last season. Yeah, well, I wish my order had been a little different because I talked to Boudreaux first. So oh, I didn't get a yeah. chance to ask him about the things that, that Alvin had said. But that uh, quote you just read out from Alvin about, you know, pass on the tape and the breakouts, that was uh, when I asked him about his defense and how are they going to be better at it? Because we all, you know, this all stems from Bruce Boudreaux's um, very blunt con. Uh, comments at the end of last season about the quote structure that the team had uh, under Boudreaux and and that they were among the worst teams in the NHL on breakouts out of their own end um, and so I I'd asked Alvin well how how is that going to be better if you haven't changed any defensemen and then he talked about uh, how the team played and it's not the personnel it's the execution he says he said he has the defenseman who can make a pass and break the puck out, but they have to play quicker. They have to move it quicker. And I think that's the structure that they're hoping to improve. They want to improve. So br- bringing in Mike Yo was a big part of that. But even that's an interesting hire because we kind of thought at the end of last season that after those comments that this would be kind of a management selection that they would find someone who they thought could help Boudreaux with the structure but it ended up being more of a more of a Bruce Boudreaux hire uh, because he just liked Yo so much and then Alvin and the hockey ops people you know kind of got their head around that and talked about it and talked to Yo and then agreed with Boudreaux that yeah okay this is the guy Boudreaux told me there will be tweaks because there are new coaches didn't tell me what those tweaks will be, but he also reiterated that his teams 
in the regular season, everywhere he's coached, have been pretty good at keeping the puck out of their net. And so he said he doesn't think he needs to do a whole lot differently than what he has done in his career because his teams have always been pretty good at defending, uh, played with speed, and and been pretty good at scoring at, at the same time. And the Canucks were both of those things last year. But he did say there will be some tweaks. I know you're not like a super scout or anything. Uh, no, but, not but, even close. But 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 did it? Did any of the prospects um, stand out for you up in Penticton? You know what? Uh, I thought under the circumstances, and and they're they're playing again today, and I'm not there. I saw the, t- the two games Friday and Sunday. I thought under the circumstances, this went about as well for the Canucks as it possibly could. Because they they didn't have any first round picks there. They didn't they, they didn't have any you know super high prospects. Although Linus Carlson, the, you know Swedish hockey league rookie of the year, he's going to be a, a a player in the NHL, I think. But you know nobody is a great A prospect, and yet uh, the guys who are their best prospects, uh, the Carlsons, the Danila Klimovich yesterday had a great game. Uh, Arsty Baines, the the WHL scoring champion that they signed as a free agent, even Neil Zaman, uh, the other Swede they signed who gets forgotten because we've talked so much about Carlson. And Amon wasn't great, I didn't think, on Friday, but I thought he was very good on Sunday. All of all of their top prospects uh, played well. And then there's a couple of other guys who were on AHL contracts. Tristan Nielsen had a really good game. Uh, the the uh, I guess the one name that I, I hardly knew existed, and now I think could be a prospect, is defenseman Quinn Schmeeman. I'm probably even saying his name wrong. But uh, this is a kid who was drafted by Tampa, was not signed, so finished, you know, played his overage years year in junior with Kamloops and then signed with the Canucks, but he only signed an AHL contract. So it's kind of like, um, uh, I don't want to say a hidden asset, but when you have, when you have a a decent player on an NHL contract, so he's not occupying one of your, one of your NHL contracts. And, you know, you know that if he really does well, you can, you can do some quick negotiations on the fly and get him to the NHL. That's a bonus. But Quinn, Quinn Schmeeman, I thought he was really good in Kamloops composed. It was point to game defenseman with Kamloops last year but really composed with the puck, a guy who's just comfortable uh, making plays as a maturity about his game. So I thought given the lack of star uh, quality compared to previous teams that the Canucks have had in, in Penticton, I thought this went as well as it could for them. A lot of guys look good. Uh, I'm checking. I believe you do have the pronunciation of Quinn Schmeeman. Very well done. Man, you did a lot of work, even learning the pronunciation of Quinn Schmeeman. It's good. Yeah, uh, what, I, I texted Brendan Batchelor right before I came on the air, but <laughs> I didn't send it to him soon enough to get the answer, so I took a guess. Uh, one final thing before we let you go. Uh, Ethan Bear, you threw it out there on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Obviously caught the eye of a lot of uh, listeners and Canucks fans. What can you tell us more about Bear, his situation, likelihood of him ending up in Vancouver? Well, he, he just hasn't really been a good fit in in carolina which of course also went out and got brent burns to play on the right side over the summer so i think he's a player uh that they're looking to move the canucks obviously 
have stated all along that they're trying to upgrade their D. So they've talked to the Canucks have. They've talked to a lot of teams about a lot of players, but this is one that uh, I believe there's been more than one conversation. Whether it goes beyond that, uh, who knows, but they're looking for defensemen and if he can, uh, if he can play, you know, there's issues about his conditioning. Uh, but if he can, if he can play, he's, you know, a pretty good third pairing guy who would, who would uh, help their depth for sure and probably help the team. But uh, as I say, I want to emphasize the Canucks have talked to a lot of teams, but a lot of players. Fair enough, and we will take that under consideration as we move forward throughout the week, but we won't be focused that much on this Ethan Bear thing because there's so many other things on the go. we got the Jake Milford tournament, training camp up in Whistler, and IMAC. The next time we do this, I believe we will be actually recapping the Canucks' first preseason game, which goes on Sunday. So it is about time for the season to start, and it is starting, and we're looking forward to uh, – already looking forward to next week's hit. Yeah, time moves fast. It really does. Thanks, IMAC. See you guys. Have See you a later. Week. Uh, Ian McIntyre from Sportsnet here on the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650, a presentation of Grip Auto and Tire. Uh, a lot of people have wondered if the Canucks would would trade a guy like Nils Hoaglander for Ethan Bear. Um, I wouldn't do that. Uh, Bear's 25. Hoaglander's 21. We haven't really had a chance to see if Hoaglander can bounce back from the season that he had last year. Let's, let's give him that opportunity. Ethan Bear um, was with the Oilers. He went to Carolina. You know, I, I, I would just have an issue giving up a player that I still quite like. Um, is that, for is that, a, is for that a guy the rumor that, making, making the rounds, the scuttlebutt? Well, I think it's just the obvious kind of match, right? Yeah. Like, Holglinder can still go down to Abbotsford um, without being exposed to waivers. Yep. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I, I think I, I wouldn't I think do that. I think the reason I, that Bears. I know name how is, desperate they are on the right side. I talk about it every day, but you I know. think the the reason Bears' name is out there is because he's the one of the few guys that is actually readily available. Like I think if he, yeah. he doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at their blue line and say, "You just brought in Brent Burns. Who's going to be the odd man out there?" It's probably going to be this guy who's got one year left on his deal that kind of fell out of favor last year. Yeah. The question is. Can you get him for a relatively low acquiring price? And that's going to be tough because even though he's fallen out of favor in Carolina and you might not know what you're getting, he's still a 25-year-old right-shot defenseman, and they have crazy high value, even if it's not necessarily a top-four guy. Like, he might just be a run-of-the-mill. He can play in your defensive group defenseman. He's an NHL defenseman, but that's it. But that's still going to cost you because those guys are in such high demand. No, and I know, and and, and probably – Canucks management <laughs> hears us talk like you got to get some right side defensemen, but not that one, right? Just you another know? One. like just a, a better one, a better one yeah. than that. But if you the know? acquisition it, price was right and they didn't have to give up anything really tangible, yeah. to get him in the door, I would take a flyer on it for sure. I mean, there you're going to need to take some stabs at this. You're going to need to take some shots in the dark because you don't have the asset capital mm-hmm. to go out and swing for a big, you know blue line altering defenseman. You're going to be kind of nibbling around the edges and hope that you hit a home run with one of these. And that's kind of where you're at. Is Bear going to fit in better with your group than somebody else's? That's the hope. That's Mm -hmm. the the lone hope that you have is that it's going to work here when it didn't work somewhere else, right? And that you've got a player that's maybe just in a bad fit. Now, time to time, you get those ones right. More often than not, though, 
the player kind of shows why he's not fitting in. You got a text in, Ethan Bear might go on waivers. His contract is pretty onerous for Carolina. Yeah, for a budget-conscious team like Carolina, I doubt they want a guy that's making $2.2 million as, as a healthy scratch. You're right. He might go on waivers, but there might also be a team that gives up something just because right-shot defensemen, especially at that age, they get first chances and second chances and third chances and fourth oh, yeah. fourth. It's just, it, I, I just don't, like, the, the the question would be, would you do Hoaglander for him? Mm-hmm. I would be hesitant because there's still something about Hoaglander's game that I really like. I love the energy that he has. He's still very young. Yep. He's 21. He probably... Looking back, probably should have gone to the AHL and learned a bit more of the pro game and all that sort of stuff. But the way he was playing, you're kind of like, yeah, this guy belongs in the NHL. Now, uh, we'll see how the season goes for Hoaglander. If he stays with the Canucks, I, I, I still have some optimism about him. Yep. Maybe I'm going to be proven wrong on that. Maybe they should cash in while Hoaglander has value, but I, I would be hesitant. Uh, lots more to get to on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Specifically, what we learn. What we learn on a Monday are always great because you have 72 hours in sports to go back and reflect upon and let us know what you learned. We have four, four guys in studio today. Bruff's here. I'm here. The dogs are here, A-Dog and Laddie. So we have lots of options for our what we learn. There it is. Um, so there's the next half hour, we got a lot to get into. Uh, text your what we learned. What did you learn over the last 72 hours in sports? Let us know. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. It's your chance to be on the radio, and that's coming up next on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. Get your hands up. up. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. All right. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get it. 8.32 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. That has to be the bumper now for what we learned every time. Oh, God, this is death. Yeah. You guys are the worst. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are also brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari accurate dealer today. Finally, we are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Let's get that up to 1,600. 1,700. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Okay, uh, what we learned time. Bruff does not have one today. You kind of did. You put some in the notes, but you're, you're foregoing your opportunity mm. because some people have kind of alluded to what you were going to do with their, what we learned anyway. Yes. Uh, I've got one. A dog has one. And I didn't you know if you're aware of Laddie's this, back. Laddie on his vacation to be sharp. He did a, what we learned every single day of his vacation. He has 42. Yeah. What we learned. You just like said it to your wife. She's like, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Read it aloud to himself in the bathroom. Yeah. Right. I just practiced, you know, I had to stay up on my game. So and then your wife was like, what we learned, please stop. <laughs> Please go okay. back to work. Yeah. What you learned, I'm leaving you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Laddie, My let's... My wife, but the sad one where you're crying. Okay, let's start with Laddie. Let's start with you. Sure. Uh, what we learned, there was a goalie goal the other day, ah, and I have to mention it. Classic Laddie. Uh, in the BCHL, too. So it's a local one. It happened out at South Surrey Arena. Michael Sochan, the new goalie for the Surrey Eagles, in a preseason game, went all the way down the ice into the empty net. So I, I hope that every time there is a goalie goal, 
no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the show, it could be a super somber show. Someone significant could have passed away, and you're like, I have news. There was a goalie goal last night. The rap horns out. This is going to be your thing (laughs) moving forward. Okay, Moo Cow, yours. A dog. Uh, I, I kind of spoiled this off yeah. the top, but don't worry. Nobody listens that early in the morning. Yeah, it's too early anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, really selling that first hour. Um, yeah, I learned there was a riot in Vancouver last night. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, what? Some uh, rapper named Lil-, Lil Baby. L-I-L. L-I-L Baby, who I just learned about last night exists. Uh, some rapper named Lil Baby was supposed to perform at the PNE. Uh, but didn't show up due to illness, so a bunch of uh, kids decided to beat up the place and riot and destroy stuff. And it was all caught on camera, and apparently uh, they do not realize they live in the world of social media, because I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of uh, bunch of things happening from this. So there's Lil Baby, L-I-L apostrophe baby, Yeah. right? There's it is not he's not a baby himself, but that would be funny if he was. <laughs> actual, I'm a man. I'm forty. It's an actual baby. Yeah, imagine yeah. this is baby's just sitting up on the stage, not doing anything. Just wait or, for or it. Or you know what though? It. If he if he did do a bunch of stuff, I'd be like, understandable that you wanted to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It's that pretty incredible. Most babies pretty useless. Look at that baby's baby. doing backflips. Yeah, he's on the turntables now. This is amazing. <laughs> now, so there's little baby. There's also da baby. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And different. then Very sometimes the baby goes by baby Jesus. Oh. So this is I can understand why there was such confusion last night. And it just sprayed over into this gigantic riot. Uh there's a lot of video online right oh, now. Oh yeah, no, like 40, 50 cop cars yeah. rushing yeah. down through Olympic Village to the PE. It was, it was a yeah. wild scene. I, I I just, you know, for the youth out there, I just I just can't say it enough. If you're gonna riot, cover your face. Right? Yeah, like true. did we not learn anything from twenty eleven? Yeah. Or I oh, wait a minute. I'm now being told to tell the youth not to riot. <laughs> That's right. Instead of doing that, maybe do this. Well, like, don't do I that. remember when I was in high school, I want to say it was like 2099, something like that. You were in was, that riot? <laughs> yeah. You I started a riot? Uh, there was a riot because uh, the Guns N' Roses. That's Ro- all the time we have for you. Uh, <laughs> good night. Uh, Guns N' Roses were supposed yeah. to play, and they didn't, of course, and there was this big riot downtown. Yeah. This was pre-cell phone, and even then, I remember I was going to school with a couple kids that were there, and they ended mm-hmm. up getting charged for it. Oh, really? But this was pre-cell phone, and even they got busted. So I can only imagine how many of these kids- you know, I remember that Guns N' Roses riot and thinking, you know, Axl Rose, I thought you were more dependable. <laughs> True. <laughs> if we can't depend on Axl Rose, who can we depend Ruff on? like Millhouse when Spinal Tap didn't play their concert. <laughs> Freaking Splish Splash show. <laughs> anyway, I hope I hope Lil Baby's okay. I hope he doesn't have colic or something. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about him, you know? Okay. Uh, Moo Cow. Come on. <laughs> Here we go. I was trying to find a clip. Um, I learned that... We have something in common now with former NFL coaching legend. And by legend, I mean legendary uh, sound bites. Herm Edwards. So we both uh, lost our jobs in very unconventional fashion. Oh, so you'll okay. remember when yeah. you and I were at 1040, mm-hmm. we lost our jobs whilst working. Right. Remember yes, that? Yes, I recall. Yeah. Yes. We had an entire fourth hour of the show ready to go. Yeah. And the bosses said no. They made the decision in the second hour of our show. They were like, do we need this? Are you hearing this? We can't let this go on for four hours. It'll be the time of their lives. So I thought that we had a great losing your job story. And we do. But Herm Edwards also has one now. So you remember Herm Edwards from his time with the Jets, right? Hello. You play to win the game. Well, they did not win the game on the weekend. Herm Edwards, now the head coach of Arizona State University, Lost, not just to Eastern Michigan, but Eastern Michigan with its backup quarterback. Now, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with 
uh, college sports, but anytime you lose in any sport to Eastern Michigan, it's bad for your employment yeah. status. That's just a rule. Eastern Michigan alum, they're probably like, hey, I'm sorry. That's just the way that it goes. ASU also has an NCAA investigation uh, breathing down its throat for some recruiting violations during COVID. So, so the heat was on. Yeah. It was on the street and it was on Herm. There's videos circulating now of Herm Edwards walking off the field following that loss to Eastern Michigan. And in the end zone, he's met by none other than the Arizona State president of the school mm-hmm. and the athletic director. And people, and so there's, you can't. The president hear. of the school is like, Herm, ASU is already a big enough joke academically. <laughs> <laughs> Our football Look. team has, has to be at least respectable. Yeah, you can't be losing Eastern Michigan. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, if you ever see your two bosses, maybe the two people on the food, highest on the food chain, waiting for you after a loss, it's probably not a good thing. Do you right? know the history of the AD, though? The AD uh, was a former agent who represented. None other than Herm Edwards, hmm. because when Herm Edwards was hired as that job, people were like, uh, you haven't been in college football since the 80s. Yeah, it was a weird hire, yeah. and it didn't last very long, and now brewing and scandal. But the video now, because Darren Ravel and a bunch of other people said like there were reports that he got fired in the end zone. Yeah. And now there's video, and it clearly looks like they're telling him, like, hey, you're done here. So here, I've got a question, a follow-up question, yes. because there are issues uh, at Arizona State. There are issues at Nebraska. Uh, Notre Dame doesn't look all that good no. right now, uh, although they pulled off the win at home over Cal, yep. barely. I know where to, this is going. To improve but... to one and two. Uh, our friend Urban Meyer. <laughs> Unbelievable. Do you think he's going to get – do you think he'll work in college football again? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah, college football. That's just – College? Apparently, it won't be for Nebraska this year. Nebraska fired its head coach. Then I also think they fired their defensive coordinator after getting rolled up by Oklahoma. Um, Urban Meyer, who was ov- who was obviously a complete disaster at Jacksonville, one of the most disastrous uh, NFL head coaching jobs. I don't know since well, Nathaniel Hackett uh-huh. is the new guy, but. Uh, it was it, it went awful. It was it was terrible. His reputation took a hit, and yet there are people, many people in Nebraska, who have looked at that program fall on hard times and gone, "Yeah, we'll still take him." If Bobby Petrino can get work again in college football, pretty much anybody can. I can't like I, I he resurfaced over the weekend, and it was funny. I think they uh, intentionally scheduled their game around. He plays at Missouri State now. It was around like family day, like just mm-hmm. poking the bear. Anyway, if he can get a job, I'm pretty sure Urban Meyer, it's, it, it's a gross landscape sometime, college football, where it's almost like you can't do enough unsavory things to really rule yourself out. Yeah. And it's college basketball, too. Like Rick Patino worked his way back in after just a litany of allegations that were awful. So I, I would not be surprised if Urban Meyer's back sometime soon. Give us a moo cow on that. Okay. Let's go to the listeners, Daniel and Comox. What we learned, what I just learned, is that Post Malone is hockey tough. He performed in St. Louis wearing a Blues jersey and fell through a hole in the stage and sustained an upper body injury. He resumed the show, and the Blues Twitter posted about it. Mm. Amazing stuff. Did you see video of this? Nope, but I got it. Oh, it was bad, man. I was like, so he... You love Post Malone. Uh, Ruff's a big Post Malone guy. He, a big Posty guy. Yeah, I just, I like so want to say a dad joke. Well, I got dadded this morning like by so laddie. many dad jokes. Like, I preferred pre Malone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Back in my day, the rappers didn't have tattoos all over their feet. Yeah. So I got, speaking of- No, 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 but just let me finish. Okay, go, go, the go, the go. video of it, like, go search it out. It's bad. I was like, he broke, a broken rib. He broke ribs yeah. there, right? Like he- Justin Herbert he, style. He stepped off, uh, and there was, there was a hole in the middle of the stage, which there probably shouldn't have been, uh, but he just stepped off and then, but he didn't fall all the way through the hole. He kind of step. he fell, you know, forward and then hit the other side mm. of the stage with his ribs. <laughs> and it's horrible because like all that stuff gets thrown around, you know, my buddy sent it to me and we're all like laughing and it was just like the guy got hurt and yeah. it was probably pretty embarrassing, but we we're like, ah, you're a celebrity. So whatever. <laughs> Look at him. He fell down. Ah! What a jerk. Speaking of Post Malone, uh, Laddie dadded me this morning. Did you hear that little exchange? He was talking about this exact clip, and then he he was explaining it to me, and then he stopped. He's like, and do you know who Post Malone is? I'm like, come on, man. I know the difference between Da Baby and Little Baby. I said it in the exact voice, You did, Very condescendingly. And then you were going to, like, send me, you were going to print out an article about Post Malone so I could read it. (laughs) Yeah. It was... uh, (laughs) It was a real morning, I'll tell you that. Anyway, I'm, I'm glad Post Malone is okay, and I'm glad the Blues addressed it. Uh, what we learned on signed text, I didn't know about this, but I'm going to assume it's news because it was texted in. Moj broke a broadcast chair this weekend because it was uncomfortable. Is that true? So he was he was, he was. Well, it's doing in the text the cl- inbox, so it must yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to run with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ah, he broke a chair. I've been tempted to break many chairs while doing a radio show. Uh, I don't know what it is about sports radio, perhaps... It's the way sports radio hosts sit in the chair. Perhaps it's the few extra pounds that a lot of sports radio hosts carry with them into the chair, but the chairs always break. They're squeaky. Uh, It can be very frustrating. Um, I feel like- Squeaky chair rage was a thing at 1040. I also feel like um, McMahon Stadium in Calgary probably doesn't have like top-notch chairs. (laughs) These are the most luxurious chairs we could pull out of Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What we learned, this is a soccer one for you, I think. Yeah. I'm going to try and do it. Okay. KDB, Kevin De Bruyne. Yep. Good. Foden, I think that's misspelled as Phil Foden. Got an extra D in there. And Holland, which I think is Holland. Yep. uh, Look good out there. Like real, real good. Man City, good team. Complete the puzzle. Very well done. Man City. Uh, I believe, I'm not even joking, if Erling Holland keeps up this pace, he's going to finish the year with 102 goals. (laughs) I don't. That's Gretzky's ninety-two record. I know that's exactly what it is. I'm not even making up that number. I think it's around that total. He scores every match to the point where if you ever wager on sports and you do uh, European football, you can bet on any time goal scores, like any time touchdown. But goals are so infrequent that the odds are usually fairly high. If you hit, you can make some good money. Erling Holland is always low. Like it's not even worth betting on him because they're just assuming that he's going to score every match now. Uh, and, of course, Canada will see Kevin De Bruyne at the World Cup. Yes, that's correct. That's going to be pretty interesting. They've, they've got some uh, – Eustachio's got some work to do. He does. He's been playing really well. But he's well been playing time. really well. Yeah, but he's got, he's got Modric and De Bruyne. So is that normally how it, how it goes? Like the midfielders are responsible for the midfielders? Eh, I mean, it's not a like direct cover, but you're dueling in that you know very important part of the pitch. Yeah. They actually call them duels is one of the new fancy match statistics that they have. Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, they take out swords and then – Actually, Eustachio's got that nice little pencil mustache. He, he does. Looks, he, he looks kind like of looks pencil, like a swashbuckler. Actually. Yeah, right? He's got, he's got a parrot on his shoulder. <laughs> J and OK Falls, what we learned, the Washington Huskies had a statement win with their beatdown of number 11 Michigan State. 
I hear that Husky Stadium was electric for this game. I miss going to Huskies games. There's nothing like that college football experience. Yeah, my boy Penix really lit it up on the weekend. Penix. Michael Penix Jr., uh, who spells his name P-E-N-I-X, was very good for the Huskies. Um, I was actually going to go to that game, but something came up over the weekend. Um, I kind of penciled that game in because a game at Husky Stadium, like you really – Unless it's a major game in November, you want to try and get down there where the, where the weather is good. The weather was amazing on Saturday. They had almost 70,000 at Husky Stadium for this game. The Huskies are, I believe, ranked number 18 now. The rankings came out. Nobody expected this from the Huskies, but they beat up a couple minnows early on. Yeah. Uh, Penix looks good, and then they really took care of Michigan State, although Michigan State kind of made it interesting in the end. Yep. It was a blowout there for a while. It was a blowout for a while. Um, Michigan so State was number 11 coming in. They were right? number 11. Yeah. I, I think it's the highest-ranked team the Huskies have beaten in a long, long time. Uh, we got some breaking news. Would you like to fire that up? Let's do it uh, right now. Sportsnet 650, breaking news. Yeah, the Oilers just put out a release. They have signed defenseman Jason Demers and forward Jake Vertanen to professional tryout agreements. Well, so let's that, really get into the Jason Demers angle. Yeah, <laughs> everyone, the guy everyone's talking about That's Jason Demers. Yeah, uh, I'm, I guess we're a tad surprised because it sounded like he was maybe going to pass on Alberta entirely. But um, honestly, you know, I think we made our feelings very clear on this. I'm still kind of surprised that everyone wants to do this. I understand all the reasons for it. I'm not going to get into a debate about what you consider uh, innocent and what you consider not guilty. We've had the discourse. It's out there. We've made our statements very clear. I don't, I personally, I just I don't get it. I think it's a bad move. I never really understood it. In the yeah, first it's not place. good enough hockey player. Yeah, so it's out there now, and it's official, and I'm sure that there will be a laundry list of replies on Twitter, which yeah. is why I'm not too upset that we're going to be off the air. Well, that'll be a fun minutes. debate. That'll yeah. be a fun debate. But, uh, guess, but we got to do what we learn. It's our job. But Canucks preseason schedule, October 3rd in Edmonton uh, and at home, October 5th versus Edmonton. We'll be very curious to see uh, if Jake Bertanen plays in either of those games, especially the one back in Vancouver. Table saw James with the what we learned. Hashtag WWO what we learned. Mike McDaniel looks more like he should be giving crypto investment advice than he does leading a group of men onto the football field. The when we and this is the Dolphins head coach. Yeah. And you know what he's he's yeah. very young looking. Yeah. Right? He's got glasses and he kind of mm-hmm. looks a little nerdy. In a very sort of old 80s style Revenge of the yeah. Nerds. Like he's got glasses. He's skinny. He's a nerd, right? Mm, um right. anyway. Yeah. I, know, I know that the nerd game has evolved. Let's put it that way. Um Another where Bruff and I missed the good old days. I remember when all NFL head coach head coaches were like old, uh, kind of out of shape, and you did there was just a mold, right? Yeah, it was just understood. Yeah, it was like Bill Parcells. Yeah, that's the name I just said. Bill <laughs> no, Parcells, right? Like that's yeah. that's what all coaches He's were supposed prototype. to look like, right? Yeah. Right. Andy Reid's still holding on to mm-hmm. the look. But I like I don't think we're ever going to get another Andy Reid kind of. They, they showed an old picture of Andy Reid uh, during the broadcast this week, mm-hmm. and my first thought was like, could Andy Reid ever get rid of the mustache, no. or is that just like that's something he has? No, right? it, yeah, it's 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 that's it, a load bearing mustache. <laughs> <laughs> the entire infrastructure of Andy Reid would just collapse. collapse. Yeah, with every but yeah, his now. nose would collapse into his mouth. <laughs> oh, and God. There's no face under there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mr. Potato Head just falling apart. Um, and, and NFL head coaches now. Well, they're younger. But they're all handsome. 
Sean Mc- Sean McVay is a handsome dude. Cliff Kingsbury is a handsome dude. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury is a handsome guy, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, you could cut granite. He's got that cool house. You could cut granite on that jaw. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's totally different now. Mm-hmm. Give me an old fat guy with a beard and a, I want, and you know what? And polyester shorts. Yeah. Bring back the polyester <laughs> right? shorts that are hiked up to his nipples. I miss a guy <laughs> that's diet is so bad <laughs> because he never leaves the facility that he just eats ding-dongs and stuff like that all day. Uh, Andrew and Victoria, what we learned, nothing like a win and a fight. I might just go to my first Lions game since 2014 on Saturday just to see what happens. Yeah, the Lions lost... Obviously, with the injury to Nathan Rourke, a lot of their, um, a lot of their hype. Right? Yeah, people were less interested. But maybe we'll 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 kind of grab some of that interest back with a good old fashioned rivalry. That's all you need with the Calgary Stampeders. So, if anyone has no idea what we're talking about, because we did this at the beginning of the show, uh, Lucky Whitehead got sucker punched allegedly by a Calgary Stampeders player at the end of the game, and then the beef between the two teams spilled into the. McMahon parking lot, if I'm not mistaken. There were players jawing at each other in the parking lot. I think it was as the Stampeders were trying to get to their cars. And then uh, Moj came in and broke a chair over something. WWE style. He's like, this chair is uncomfortable, but it's good enough to break on your back. That last part was made up. Okay. (laughs) Moj did not get involved in the fight. I just want to put that out there. I got a question for Bruff here. Uh, You guys were talking about the Post Malone incident, getting injured on the stage. Yeah. There was also another... Big injury over the weekend. Did you guys see uh, Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah, yeah. Them? Took a took a oh. took a piece of string to the neck. <laughs> he yeah, went down was, though. He, he went, went down, down hard. Don't you yeah. hate that? Yeah, what? like running into string. I think he was so yeah. angry. He like grabbed his hat from the guy that picked it up for him. I know. Very forcibly. He was... Bryson really gutted that out, eh? At home. He's, he's likable. He's, he's a likable such fella. a likable guy. I like that all of the internet at the same time. Like, like ah! <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. I think I saw, st- I saw three different angles of it, I think. Three different yeah. slow-mo replays. So yeah. they were watching them. Cam Smith yeah. won that live tournament. Did you see how the PGA Tour event ended? No. So uh, it ended with uh, Max Homa chipped in on 18. And all Danny Willett needed to do was two putt from I want to say six feet. Oh, I did see this. He three putted. Yeah. And so you 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 had a very obviously chipping in, um, and it was it was it was a tough chip in. It wasn't like you just kind of like had it in the fringe and chipped it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Danny Willett, who'd who'd played really well in that tournament, obviously, and made it made some miracle shots down the stretch, um, had. Like uh, 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 any any golfer, like any weekend golfer, should have been able to two putt that. Right, and he just rolled. I think he just wanted to make the birdie, and he rolled it too far by. And then he was like, "Uh oh!" It was one of those ones where like <laughs> you'd be playing with your buddies, and you're like, "Still a little meat on that bone, Danny." <laughs> Danny, right? Like you know, it's like one of those terrible golf sayings yeah. that always get thrown around. And then he missed that one, and Max Homa won. Yeah, I, I did see the pots. Yeah. That was actually, that was crippling almost, yeah. Um, oh, basketball Phil. He got the UW football is back, and he makes a good point. With the Seahawks strub- struggling, it's perfect time for Seattle sports. Uh, I think got my mind thinking about, like, the Kraken have a real opportunity here because if, honestly, I'm not kidding. If that game in San Fran was an indicator of what the rest of the season is going to look like, the Seahawks are going to have no buzz, none whatsoever. For the remainder of the year. Because there's no one really intriguing to watch. There's outside of, if you're really excited about Kenneth Walker III at quarter, or running back, 
maybe there's something there. My buddy yesterday was trying to talk up that this is the year where they really beef up their offensive tackles. I was like, well, can't. it is true. I mean, they've got rookies on the on the bookend. You can't like that, but that's not. We're ne- I make a point of saying that's the last time I will talk about those two tackles on the show because it's not going to work. It's not what we're going to do. Well, it's not. It's not going to grab attention, but it could help the Seahawks down the line. So we got UW football now, and we got the Kraken. Maybe we got UW football. <laughs> we got all. We got to go. And the Mariners, man. And the, and the Mariners. And we got to go is what we got to do. We will be back tomorrow. Thank you all for listening on a Monday. Uh, signing off for now. I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.